This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. everybody doing? Hey, Jacob. Hey, Beckett. How are you? Good. How's everybody's day been so far? Give me a thumbs up if it's been good. Here if it's been eh. And then here if it's been bad. A couple of bads. I've had a good day so far. Came to church this morning, then I went home and I took a nap, and now I'm here. So I'm lazy. I don't do a whole lot. So let's, let's just time travel for a second. You guys like to time travel? You guys time travelers like I am? I'm really from 20, 2250, that's what I'm from. I don't know. Nope, no flying cars. It never happens. Yeah. They tried for a little bit, and then they just started crashing into each other all the time, so we went back on the ground. So let's time travel. In your mind, I want you to just go back to your first day of either middle school or high school. Just think about it for a second. Go all the way back, and if it's not too far back, then maybe it was this year, and it was your first day of high school or middle school. So think about that for a second. And then think about the night before, that night leading up to it. Like, do you remember how you felt? Like, think about it just for a second, those feelings, those emotions. It's okay to re-feel them for a minute. You don't have to go all the way there, but feel them for a second. Like, those emotions of the night before your first day of school. And I'm guessing that for most of you, it was like 10% excited and like 90% terrified, especially for the people going into high school. And now, looking back, you're like, well, I survived. Like, I did it. I made it. It wasn't that bad. But in the moment, it was probably really scary. Like, it was a scary idea to start school. And I've never met, like, a first-day freshman who wasn't slightly nauseated, wasn't scared, wasn't nervous, even just a little bit. And if you say you aren't, then maybe you're not lying, but I assume you probably are a little bit. But I remember my very first day of high school. Now, as you can tell, even now, I'm not a very big guy, but especially in high school, I was pretty small. 
And coming out of eighth grade, I was really small. So I was nervous. Like I was so nervous to get into high school. I heard all the rumors about what was going to happen to me because I was little and I was a freshman. Like I couldn't stop thinking, like this is going to change everything for me. Like everything. I don't think I'm ready for it. And I had gotten like pretty good at life as an eighth grader. Like I felt like it was simple. I made good grades. I woke up, I went to school, I had my friends. But life as a life as a high schooler, man, I'd never done that before. And not only had I never done it before, but that was gonna be like a turning point in my life. Like everyone talks about high school now. And the past the past couple of weeks we've been talking about things that grow our faith, right? And we've been talking about counterfeit faith and things that actually happen to make our faith authentic and real, our own. Things that make our faith going from something that is counterfeit or just fake or a copy to something that's real, like something that's personal to who we are. And we've been talking about how faith can, it can shift from being this imitation of someone else's faith to being something that we own all for ourselves. And maybe more than anything, these turning points in our life, so things that maybe right before they scare you or during, they're really, really terrifying. These turning points in life, maybe they're something that move our faith more than anything else. And the chances are is that you've already had like a few turning points in your life. You've already had some things that you may not even realize were turning points. These moments that they turn our lives around and they set us in a direction that we weren't ever going in before. And sometimes they can be really positive. Like they're not always bad. They're not always super scary. But think of like a positive one. Like maybe you got a part-time job. Or maybe you made the varsity team. Or you got a 4.0 GPA. Or your mom, she got remarried and now she feels happy again. Like these are turning points in your life and they're good things. But other times, there can be these really negative turning points like bad things that happen, scary things that happen. Like maybe your best friend moved to another state and you no longer get to see them anymore. Maybe your dad just lost his job and now you're really scared that you're gonna lose the house too. Maybe you'd been dating someone for two years and they just broke up with you randomly. Maybe your aunt got diagnosed with cancer Maybe your mom left you guys and your dad isn't sure what he's going to do going forward. Maybe you tore your ACL and it was the very first game of the season and now you're done for the rest of the year. Maybe your ex started dating your very best friend. Maybe some of your closest friends have just quit being your friends altogether. Like these are just... These are just examples, and some of them, maybe they've never happened to you. But think about, for just a second, a turning point that you've experienced in your life. Just think about those examples and think, maybe one of them resonated with you, maybe none of them did. But think of a turning point in your life. And tonight, I want to spend some time like talking about these turning points. These moments in our life that are often like difficult times that challenge us, and quite simply, they just make life hard. But what do they do to your faith? That's what we want to talk about. What do these turning points do 
to our faith. And it's pretty crazy because like tough times like these, they have the power to either build your faith up or completely destroy it. And I've seen it go both ways, even in my own life. And I can think of many times when I've seen students just walk out on the other side of their storm with a rock-solid faith, something that was really, really unshakable. And it's hard to imagine that that happening, right, like when you're in the middle of it. When you're in the middle of the storm in your life, it's really hard to see the other side being positive. But it does happen. Like their faith grows stronger than before, and it's an incredible thing to watch. And it's really cool to see someone come out of the other side of something crazy that happened and come out better. And these circumstances, they can be described in like no other way except turning points. I think that's a perfect word for it because it's either going to grow your faith or destroy it based on how you react in the moment. It's defining moments in your life. It's times when it seemed like God was maybe far away, but ended up that God was much closer than you ever thought. So when you get to the other side of these turning points, you can, you can look back and you can say, wow. Like God, God is just, he's no longer someone that's just, I hear about in church. Like it's not just someone I learn about in church, but God is real and God is close to me. And when people encounter these circumstances, like suddenly things get really, really personal. So we're going to take just a moment. We're going to read out of John 11 and read some scripture here of this interaction with Jesus and just kind of see how these turning points in our life and what they mean to us and how we can use them to grow our faith versus let it destroy it. And one of the best illustrations of turning points is this story of Jesus' life. It's described by one of his friends, John, in the book of John, and he wrote it all down, and this is what he says. He says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So these three... Lazarus, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They weren't just random people. These aren't just random people out about in a story. This is, these are close friends with Jesus. So think of it that way. These three people are really close to Jesus. So after Lazarus got sick, Mary and Martha reached out to Jesus, and they said, the sisters sent word to Jesus. They sent a messenger to find Jesus, who was two, three, or even four days away to travel on foot. So it was going to take a while for this message to get to Jesus. But their friend was sick, and they knew they needed to contact Jesus. So their message said, Lord, the one you love is sick. So in other words, they didn't even have to say his name. They knew that Jesus would automatically know who they were talking about. They sent their message, and they were like, Jesus, just get here need you. He's sick. He's dying. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus had already healed a lot of people. They knew that he had healed strangers. So of course, when Lazarus, his friend, had become sick with this life-threatening illness, they knew that he would come, that he was going to show up and he was going to be there. But things, they didn't really go exactly as expected. They called on Jesus, and like I said, it took three or four days for this messenger to even get to Jesus. And Jesus didn't arrive at their house 
for a few days, and at the time when he did get there, his friend Lazarus had already died. Lazarus was gone, and their message felt worthless at that point. Like, this was the worst kind of turning point that you could imagine in their lives. Like, just think about it for a second, about Mary and Martha, who are reaching out to Jesus, saying, your friend is sick and he's going to die. Like, we know you can heal people, so just get here and come heal your friend. Martha leaves her house and goes out to meet Jesus, and as he approaches, she says this. She says, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So imagine being in Martha's position. Like she just lost her brother. Jesus had just lost his friend. But this is her brother, and she's angry. Like she's sad. She's wondering why Jesus hadn't been there when she needed him the most. Like where were you? I needed you here. My brother is sick. But even after saying all that, she says something that, communicates like who Jesus was to her and how much trust she had in Jesus. See, that's what, that's what these turning points, they do for us. They sharpen our focus. They get our attention. They force us to ask the questions, like what do we really think God is like? When a turning point happens, oftentimes we start questioning our faith. Like who is God? What do I believe? Who is God to me? See, when things fall apart, when things don't go as planned, when things take a turn, we start to ask, like, what do I believe about God? What do I really believe? And Martha, on the worst day of her life, in the worst pain that she'd ever known, experienced Jesus being present with her. And then Jesus responds, he says this, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then Martha responds, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So Martha, she believed. She trusted in Jesus Even though her brother died, even though Jesus didn't get there in time, she believed in who Jesus was and who he said he was. Jesus didn't show up on time to save her brother, but her trust in Jesus was still really, really, really strong. It was solid. And John tells us that after this, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. In that moment, Jesus felt exactly what you and I feel the exact kind of emotions we have when we're mourning, when our hopes are shattered. Like he cried. His friend had died. His sister was right there in front of him, probably in tears, asking, why weren't you here in time to save our friend, to save my brother? Like Jesus gets our pain. He lost people in his life too, just like we lose people and will lose people in our lives. See, John telling us that Jesus wept is not just some fun detail of, oh, Jesus cried. It's a sign that we're not alone in our hurt, that the Son of God feels our pain. And as bad as things get, like Jesus, Jesus is in it with us through it all. Like he experiences it alongside us. It's not just us 
feeling our pain and hoping that Jesus hears us. He feels it with us. So when a turning point gets our attention, like we're always going to find Jesus in the middle of it. If you look, you'll see Jesus in the middle of it with us. That the most challenging part of our story, like when hope seems lost, when you feel like it's all over, like he's right there. And, when, and then Jesus does something really crazy in this story. He asked Mary and Martha if they'd, if they'd have their servants, like, just go remove the stone from Lazarus' grave. They're like, just go over there, remove the stone, and do it. But at this point, like, Lazarus had been in there for three or four days. He, like, it can't be pretty in there, right? Like, it's a dead body. So this was a strange request. They're like, Jesus, why? Like, what? But they did it anyway. They did as Jesus asked, and they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Then the story ends like this. It says, therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, and they believed in him. So it would be easy to read this story and think, like, the point is a happy ending. Like, Lazarus is back, the end, it's all good. He showed up late, but he still was able to accomplish it, right? Like, happy ending. And it'd be tempting to think that maybe that's what Jesus will do in all of our turning points. If you just believe hard enough that there's always going to be this perfect happy ending, right? Like maybe that's what makes a real faith. Like when Jesus show up, Jesus shows up and makes like the impossible possible. But we've all had those moments where we waited and we prayed and we hoped. And we begged, we asked God to do something, and then he did nothing. So what then? Like, it's easy to believe in the story where you know the happy ending is going to happen. But what do we do when it doesn't? What happens to our faith then? That's when we remember what Jesus did before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He wept. He was with Mary and Martha in their pain, alongside them before the miracle, before the resurrection, before anyone had any idea of a happy ending, Jesus was right there with them in their pain. He was there on their worst day, and he was there when the worst became the best day. And Lazarus, he came back, like he was raised from the dead. But the same is true for us. No matter what kind of turning point you're facing in your life, Jesus is with us. If things get better or if things get worse, Jesus is still there. And when, when we realize that, like when we actually realize that Jesus is with us through it all, that's what grows our faith. Not that we always get what we want, but when we realize that no matter what happens, Jesus is with us, that is what a real faith is about. That is the opposite of a counterfeit our pain, our pain doesn't have to be the end of the story. 
It can be part of the story, but it's not the main point. It can get our attention, but it doesn't have to be what destroys our faith. It can just move us closer to God instead. And that's, that's precisely what this story shows us. It's, it shows us that our faith can grow, and it can grow despite what's going on around us. Like for God, this seems more real than ever to us. For us to see God more clearly in our painful turning points. That's what that story is about. Like it's possible to go through the toughest pain and come through it trusting in God anyway. Not because God made it go away, but because God used it to stretch you, to grow you, and to make your faith feel more real and personal. See, when that happens, the people around us, they'll see God in a more significant way. Just like the people who surrounded Mary and Martha. Like, it will make God more evident to the people around you when they see you come out of a tough time trusting in God more than you did when you entered it. They'll see that your faith is authentic. It's not counterfeit. It's not just around when the good times are happening. And as a result, maybe they'll choose to trust God more. Because that's where we get messed up a lot of times. Because we think it's about us, but it's really, it's about God and everybody else around us. So yeah, sometimes the tough things are going to stay tough. Sometimes the happy ending doesn't always happen. But whenever we can come out on the other side trusting in God more, then the truth is the people around you see that. And there's nothing better than showing the people around you how great your God is. So you're, you're going to hit turning points in life. You probably already have, and there's going to be more. There's probably not going to be just a few more. There will probably be a lot more. But every time you do, you'll be tempted to lean away from God. Like when a turning point happens, you're going to be tempted to just go the opposite direction, to wonder where God is, to ask if God even cares. And you may be tempted to think that maybe your faith is counterfeit because things didn't turn out the way you wanted. Like I prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen exactly the way I wanted. Maybe I'm not a good Christian. That's going to be a temptation to think. But the story of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus tells us that no matter what we're facing, like the worst day or the best day, like Jesus is there. Jesus is with us. And when we believe that and experience that, that's what grows our faith. In fact, it can make your faith even more authentic than ever. It may not feel like it when you're in the middle of it, though. Like it may feel like the complete opposite. It feels like you're breaking down. It doesn't feel like you're getting stronger. But a turning point, it doesn't last forever. And it's possible that when you come out on the other side, that you'll have a greater faith than you could have ever imagined. And even more than that, like your story of getting through to the other side, it could be used to grow an authentic faith in someone else. It could be used to save someone else's life. Like your story of how Jesus was with you, even when it was difficult, even when it felt like the opposite, it could be the very thing that inspires someone else to keep going. So I want you to remember that when you're facing a turning point. Maybe ask yourself these questions. 
Like, where is God in this? Maybe it feels like nowhere because things are difficult and they're not getting better. But try looking just a little bit closer. Maybe God is in the friend who texted you out of the blue to see how you were doing. Maybe God is in the encouragement from your coach or your group leader that you received this week. Maybe God is in the world outside your front door that you slowed down to look at for once. Maybe God is right there in everything around you and you just haven't looked hard enough. Like look for God because he's there for you. And secondly, ask yourself, how can this tough situation help my faith grow? Like remember that the turning point doesn't last forever. And when it's done, it's possible that you can look back and you can see how your faith became more real. Maybe not yet, maybe not right away, but eventually even the most challenging things in your life can become things that cause growth. Because God can use turning points. Not only can he use them, he uses them to grow our faith. And the truth is that nobody signs up for these tough times, right? Like, you don't want them. We don't ask for tough times. Nobody wants to wake up and have the worst day of their life. But I want you to know that even on days that faith doesn't feel real, like, if you stay close and you choose to hold on, you're going to find that God stays close to you. But it has to be your choice. You have to choose to stay close. God can use your tough times, as painful as they are, and he can use them to make your faith real, make it more real, so that the next time you face a really, really difficult situation, like you're even stronger, you're more sure, and you're more confident that God is real, that he can be trusted, and that he's with you. So as you go throughout your week, just remember that God can use like these turning points to grow your faith. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for everything that you do, everything that you've promised us. I just pray that we would understand how, how much you care for us. I pray that all our turning points wouldn't be something that destroys our faith, but that strengthens it. That you'd be present in those in a way that we could really, really see. And whenever we feel like we can't, that we would look a little harder. I pray that if there's anyone in this room who feels like they're in the middle of that turning point and their faith feels thin, they don't know what they believe, they don't know what they think, that you would just speak to them tonight. You'd let them know that you're here, that you're with them, that you love them, and that you're going to use this turning point to grow their faith and maybe to save somebody else's life. I just pray that you'd give each person in here confidence in who you are, confidence in how much they're loved. I pray this all in your name.